Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to be looking at the Kevin Durant situation involving ownership and meeting with ownership and everything going on with that situation and how it affects what's going forward with the team and how it's going to affect just how this situation goes from this point forward. So, I want to get started with that and go from there. So, apparently, we are going to be seeing Kevin Durant meet with the ownership group, Joseph Tsai, this week. Um, according to Steve Bullpet of Heavy um, Sports, source tell me Kevin Durant is expected to meet with the Nets owner this week. I have no idea what's going to come of that meeting. There are some things that Katie is unhappy about, and I'm not sure if any of that gets fixed here. But maybe it does. So, if that is the the case, um, then that is the case. Um, and he probably, at some point uh, this week, hopefully will meet with Joseph Tsai and try and figure out exactly what's going to happen. So, Durant has wanted out, and it seems like He's not changed his stance. It seems like Brooklyn was all hell-bent on going for, you know, him to get traded, but they couldn't find the right offers. And so my opinion of the Durant situation at the moment is this. Kevin Durant wanted out the team in Brooklyn for probably a good month, probably when the start of this haul took place. They were on the phones, they were talking to teams, they were doing their due diligence, they were doing all that, they wanted Durant traded, but when they realized that their packages were not coming back what they in Brooklyn want, they've probably just been declining trades, and now I don't really think there's probably many trades coming their way, because I think many of the teams who are interested know where Brooklyn stands, and if Brooklyn's not willing to meet them anywhere in the middle, then no offers are going to come, right? Toronto, Boston, Miami, like whatever offers were out there are probably maybe still there if you ask. But like if the Celtics offered Derek White and they offered a first and they offered Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant and then Brooklyn was like, well, we want Marcus Smart and we want more draft picks and we want this and we want that, then it gets to a point where the Celtics know what their value is. They're not going to just pick up the phone again and be like, hey, what's going on? If you look at Toronto and they're like, well, we'll do OG and draft picks and whatever salary filler. And they're like, well, we want Scotty Barnes. Well, at this point, Toronto probably knows where they stand and what's their best offer. And Brooklyn probably knows that. And so at this point, I don't really think there's any trades coming to Brooklyn. Because I think every trade has been probably thrown out there from any team interested. And there are teams who can't get involved uh, because of the Ben Simmons situation, and there are teams who are trying to get involved but don't have the assets. So at this point, it's, I think, a stalemate, because Brooklyn, if they're not interested in moving pieces um, in terms of, like, taking stuff out of deals that maybe make more sense for the other side, it's a stalemate. And so now I think Joseph Stye and Durant are probably going to meet and hopefully try and figure a situation out. So I want to look at what Durant should be or could be going into these meetings or this meeting with Joseph Stye, what he should be looking for or what's going to be looked for. And then the other side, what is the opposite, 
what is Joseph Stye looking for or at least wants to get out of these meetings from Durant. So I kind of want to give you both sides of that and kind of give you my thoughts um, on uh, his side of things. So for Kevin Durant, I think it's pretty straightforward. He's going to probably try and reiterate that he doesn't want to be here and that he's not happy and probably go over his reasons and try and at least tell them why he seems upset and why he seems like it's not a right fit for him and and then talk about the places he wants to go and the fact that you know he wants to get traded here or here and you know all of the potential spots that make sense for him and I think he's going to want to reiterate that and say look I know you might not have found the packages you're looking for but I don't want to be here I still want to move on and it just doesn't seem like it's a situation that's going to work for me so that's probably my guess I don't think their you know sentiment on the Durant side of things has changed because there hasn't been this like epiphany moment of like oh let's you know make up and try and you know make for a clean you know situation where we can start from scratch and you know repair the wounds and I don't think that's happening. I think this meeting is more like, hey, like nothing's going on. I want to see what's going on and why you're not moving me. Because I'd love to keep moving you uh, if possible. And I want to get out of here if possible. And nothing's going on. So please, like, fill me in on why I'm still sitting here in a Nets uniform getting closer to training camp. And so I feel like, you know, there's a lot riding on it for Durant because he's got to make his points clear. And. Sometimes you can't be that nice guy, you know, going into these meetings with ownership or with general managers or whatever. You can't be like a nice guy, like, hey, you know, if it conveniences you, I kind of want to get moved. Like, you got to tell them straight up, like, hey, man, like, there's reasons why I don't want to be here. Here's my reasons, like, move me. And ask why things aren't getting done, why trades aren't coming in, and go from there. So I think Durant's going to go into this with the mindset of, I don't want to be here. Why am I not moved? Tell me what's going on. Because it's got to be frustrating being a top 10 player and saying, yeah, I don't want to be here. And then it just, nothing's happening. Because you got to figure like every other situation, whether it's been Kawhi or Paul George or Kyrie or whoever, Anthony Davis, they've always seemingly gotten what they've wanted, which is getting traded. And Durant's better than all of them so far. And yet here he is still in Brooklyn. Now, again, that could change, but that's kind of my uh, thoughts on the whole situation is he's probably going to go in there with the mindset of why am I not getting traded? What's going on? And I want answers. And, you know, maybe he'll go in with an open mind. Maybe he'll go in hoping that maybe something could change it. But my guess is the ship sailed and he's just looking for answers and potentially a way out and like, hey, like. Let's get this moving because I don't want to be here, especially the start of the season. Now, I think Joseph Stye, looking at the other side of things, is probably going into this meeting with a hope to convince Kevin Durant to stay. Brooklyn is in a tough spot, and I think the whole narrative would have changed if they had their own draft picks because, you know, if Brooklyn had their own draft picks, I think they'd be 100% more open to taking some of these deals that probably benefit the long term and not the short term right so if Brooklyn had their own picks and this is just my own opinion like I think they probably would have accepted a deal with like Derek White and Jalen Brown and draft picks 
because they would have been like, okay, we can get like three first-round picks. We can get Jalen Brown, Derek White, and maybe Derek White gets traded later on. Or, you know, they could go to Toronto and be like, okay, well, we can get XYZ and a bunch of draft picks and we'd be okay because we can rebuild. We got our own picks, but they don't own their own draft picks until like 2028. So it's very hard for a Brooklyn team to be like, well, we're going to just get rid of Durant and start over because there's no incentive, you know? The incentive for them to rebuild is not there, right? If they have their own picks, then it's easier to rebuild. And especially because the first time they traded all their picks for the Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce deal, it failed. And then they lost out on top three picks in Tatum and Brown. And again, I'm not saying they would have um, traded for uh, that deal knowing what would have come. I also don't think they would have 100% picked Brown or picked, uh, you know, Jason Tatum at that point. But regardless of who they would have picked, whether it was Lonzo Ball or Fultz or whoever, you missed out on top picks because of that trade. So I don't think they want to be in a rebuilding situation. So Joseph Stey can't go into these meetings and say, look, I'm just going to trade you because you want to get traded. They got to get a great value. And more importantly, they want to win. And so they can't just go into this with the mindset of let's rebuild because that mindset doesn't really work here because they don't have their own picks to rebuild. They're all in the hands of Houston. So Houston would obviously like a rebuild, but at the end of the day, it doesn't help the the Brooklyn Nets. And so they're probably going to go into this hoping to change Kevin Durant's mind, hoping that Durant comes out of this with a new look on life. And instead of being like, yeah, well, I still want to get traded, he's going to hope that when Durant comes into these meetings, he can convince Durant to stay uh, a lot longer and convince him to stay and be like, look, We'll have Kyrie for a full year. Ben Simmons will be healthy. You'll be here. We have some great role players. We added TJ Warren and Royce O'Neal in free agency. Like, we're a better team. We're going to be pretty good. A healthy season. We'll be top three, four in the East. And with you, we could get to the finals. So, the hope is he can convince Durant to stay longer and convince him to drop the trade situation entirely and just kind of be like, hey, man, like, you know... I kind of want to stick around after meeting with you and seeing what's going on here because I think that's the, the eventual game plan for Joseph Stye because, as I just mentioned, they don't have their own picks, so they can't rebuild, so they have to compete. And while you can get pieces to compete, it's just not something that, you know, is the most beneficial for them because they already have, like, a top 10 player on their roster. And it's very hard to to get a top 10 player in return or anything of value in return. And this is something that most situations in the NBA when it comes to a star type trade, this is the situation. So you're never going to get equal value, right? You're never going to get value for these players. And if you look at it using like a math equation, if Kevin Durant is worth 20 points, then he gets traded for Jalen Brown and Derek White and draft picks and whatnot. Let's say Jalen Brown in the the scale of things is like 10 points. And then you have uh, Derek White who's like 6 points. And then you have draft picks which are like 4 points. Like those draft picks could end up being like 1 point if they don't pan out. They could be worth more if they pan out. You know, Derek White could fall off and instead of being worth six points he could be worth three points so you're never going to get full value in any sort of trade unless it's a star for star trade 
And also, I think the ownership group is probably going to go into this with the whole Ben Simmons angle and hope that Durant wants to stick around because their options are already limited just because of their Ben Simmons situation. And I think it's very difficult to tell them, hey, you know, we want Bam Adebayo or Donovan Mitchell or all, whoever, but we can't get him because Ben Simmons is on the roster and there's that CBA rule. And so we're going to have to trade Durant and trade Ben Simmons just to bring in all these pieces. Like, it's a lot to deal with, so they probably don't want to have to deal with that at all. And so I think, you know, he's going to go into this Joseph Stai, hopefully convincing Durant to stick around. So I think this is where they stand. And, I mean, hopefully at the end of the day they can either come to an agreement in which he ends up leaving or getting traded or come to an agreement where they'll stick around. Uh, hey, you know, stick around for another um, another uh, year just to see how things go, you know, see where you're at. And then uh, at the end of the day, just hopefully it works itself out. And uh, yeah, you know, that's probably where they're going to go from here. And, you know, that's the situation that, you know, could take place. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, the best situation for both sides is to at least come to an agreement on something where the ownership group gets the full sort of, um, full sort of, uh, sense of the situation. And they're like, okay, this is what we want to do. And they agree to it. And Durant agrees to it as well. So even if they realize that Durant doesn't want to be there, um, you know, it's one of those things where at the end of the day, you know, it's just you got to come to the right conclusion. So if Durant comes to you and says, I don't want to be here and you realize that's the situation that everybody is hoping for, then that's the situation that's everyone's hoping for. So we're going to see what happens um, moving forward. And hopefully um, once they do meet, there's more information on what actually took place. So the next bit of information that I kind of want to look at just in general, is the uh, situation involving the arrest at a Dallas airport of Amon Shumpert. So Amon Shumpert was with the Cleveland Cavaliers, New York Knicks, won a championship in Cleveland. Apparently, he was arrested for having a sizable amount of marijuana, along with some weapons-related items in his backpack at the airport. Um, there was a Apparently a drug violation turned out to be 6.12 ounces in weight of marijuana. Um, apparently there was a Glock magazine and 14 9mm rounds in his bag as he was heading to Los Angeles. Um, yeah, he was traveling to see his daughter but instead got transported to the airport jail. Um, and TMZ uh, says that this is classified as a state jail felony which means Shumpert could face up to two years behind bars and ten thousand dollar fine if he is convicted so um not a good look uh i know in a lot of different places marijuana is technically legal many states uh it is legal i think california is one of them i don't know if texas is but um it definitely seems like at the end of the day it's um, something that uh, he may end up getting. Uh, he may end up um, getting uh, 
some serious jail time or two years or some sort of penalty. Who knows? But I guess that's the situation involving Iman Shumpert. So I was looking at another article from Bleacher Report, which I wanted to talk about because the article looks at uh, cutthroat trades every NBA fan base hates to think about. So here is all of them. It's every team, so they got to trade um, for every one. So first one is Atlanta. Moving on Yeke on Kanwu for a win now help. So basically the trade would be to get rid of Ankongwu for someone who is more win-now, because he is a good um, young piece because he was the sixth pick in the 2020 draft, and I think he hasn't really gotten the um, the playing time that he deserves, and I think there are young, talented teams out there that are rebuilding that could use his talents more so than Atlanta. It, I think Atlanta could be more best suited with someone off the bench who is more of a veteran. So um, I guess they say uh, that could be a move. Um, right there. So the next one is the Boston Celtics, which they say trading Jalen Brown before unrestricted free agency. So obviously it is something that Celtics fans personally don't want to think about, but it is the possibility that um, at the end of the day, he could get traded. And I think, you know, you might have to kind of make your potential situation, um, you know, take place where you get the value while it's highest instead of losing him for nothing. And that is what San Antonio did with DeJounte Murray. Um, could they do that in Boston? So um, I think that he might not be 100% happy with this team because he keeps getting put in all these trade rumors. And what he says on the outside and what he says in his circle of trust is totally probably different. And so it would hurt, but could they? Think about trading him before unrestricted free agency? Potentially. Next is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and so the cutthroat trade they hate to think about would be trading Durant for a less than Rudy Gobert-like return. So in this case, you would be getting less than what Minnesota got. I think the difference in this case is the Brooklyn Nets are looking for more let's get players who can win now rather than let's get draft picks. And so maybe eventually it could get to a point where a few good starters and a bunch of draft picks could go to Brooklyn, but I don't know if uh, Brooklyn fans would be 100% happy if he gets traded for like a, a cut-rate package. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that. Charlotte Hornets are up next, and for them it says giving up draft capital to move Gordon Hayward's contract. So um, this is something that, uh, honestly, um, you know, I think uh, at this point, I can see where they're coming from with this one, because if they want to move some contracts, they might have to move some draft picks with it as well. But at this point, why wouldn't you have just done it on draft night when you traded the 13th pick anyway? So the fact that you didn't do it, you shouldn't do it now. And, you know, I think that's something that could you know, not make fans super happy. Um, for the Chicago Bulls, they say moving Patrick Williams in a panic trade. So he was drafted in the top 10, but has had injuries which have caused him to have uh, missed some games. So it's not really ideal for them to trade him. But if they do trade him, 
uh, and try and get, you know, a package just to get rid of him because he's, you know, just injured so much. That wouldn't be the best move, and so it would make the fans a little bit upset for sure. Um, so that's uh, Chicago. Moving on to our next team on the list is Cleveland, a Colin Sexton sign-in trade. Um, he is probably the best free agent available right now, um, but I think they probably would rather see him stay in Cleveland, so I think it would not be great for the fan base if they just got rid of him uh, because he is not signing what they want and just getting something in return probably isn't, um, isn't great. And so they wouldn't want that. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, uh, Luka Doncic being the next superstar to ask out. That is something that um, the fan base obviously wouldn't like. You know, if Jalen Brunson was a guy that he really wanted, and then let's say Christian Wood doesn't stay next summer, he could be unhappy if the team's not going in the right direction. So there's a very good chance that maybe this is the situation, um, you know, and I don't think they would like that. Um, and that would be a tough uh, pill for Dallas to swallow. Denver Nuggets having to trade Michael Porter Jr. if injury issues persist. Um, so if these injuries persist, they've paid him so much money, they probably don't want to see him go. But in the grand scheme of things, he might have to. So um, I don't think the fans would like that because they uh, paid um, so much to bring him here and stay. But um, yeah, I guess... Uh, it's probably something that's maybe a possibility if it doesn't work out because they are a playoff team. You know, they could get decent value for them. Next is the Detroit Pistons getting pennies on the dollar for Killian Hayes. So Killian Hayes was a top 10 draft choice. Obviously, doesn't seem like he's panned out. Just averaged 6.8 points, 4.5 assists. Um, number 7 pick in the 2020 draft. Um, so... You know, obviously it wouldn't be great for Pistons fans. Um, quote the article, there's simply no way for the Pistons to get back anywhere close to what they had to use to select Hayes in the first place, however, and the team would be forced to simply accept pennies on the dollar, which obviously they wouldn't really want. Um, yeah. Next is Golden State, and what they say for the Warriors is an inevitable salary dumping move. So... Apparently, um, you know, they're going to have a luxury tax bill, which could reach 400 to $500 million in the next few seasons. And so, um, unfortunately, um, they do have a lot of guys that are making a decent amount of money, but um, trading away those guys just to get under some sort of a, a number might not be ideal, and Golden State fans probably don't want to see that. Um, there's uh, Golden State right there. Next is the Houston Rockets in their uh, situation trade, cutthroat trade, would be a Kevin Porter trade if no contract extension is reached. I think people love um, Kevin Porter Jr. in Houston because he basically came in um, and surprised everyone at how great he's been. Um, he's a big part of their future, and I don't think they would want to trade him, um, and I think that would be tough uh, for the fans for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah. Indiana Pacers, apparently um, what they got on the board is using Russell Westbrook to go full rebuild. So um, apparently that would be a cutthroat trade. Um, it's probably uh, the right move, but I think it's not the one that the fans want to see. Um, if they trade for two firsts, it makes a lot of sense, but potentially getting rid of 
like TJ McConnell, Daniel Tice, Turner, and uh, Buddy Heald might be the right moves, but I don't know if the fans would really like the full rebuild. You no know, fan base really likes a full rebuild. Los Angeles Clippers splitting up Leonard and George if a title run falls short. So if this year doesn't go well for the title run, um, potentially trading one of those guys, it could upset the fans, but I don't know if they would actually do it. Um, they could talk about it, uh, probably Paul George more so, but you know if they could uh, maximize their window, then that might be something they have to do, but it would be tough for the fans. It would be cutthroat for sure. Next is the Lakers, and they put the LeBron James dilemma, which uh, I guess, you know, fans wouldn't like it if LeBron James doesn't want to sign long-term or if the team doesn't want him to sign long-term because he's such a big part of their team. Uh, I also think, um, you know, I think the fans uh, seemingly would uh, not like, just to add to this, not LeBron James, but Trading Westbrook for two firsts is what it seems like a lot of teams want, and I think a lot of fans would not be happy if the Lakers had a great deal on the table and it was an extra draft pick that could have got it done. And I think a lot of fans also, it would be, um, I don't know if I'd say cutthroat, but um, if they don't get a trade done because of wanting to keep these draft picks, I think the Lakers fans would be upset about that. Next is um, Memphis, which they say consolidating young talent to chase a title. Um, so... Maybe trading away some of these younger players to get veterans in there might not be the exact situation that Memphis and their fans would be looking for. You know, obviously, when you have success and you try to get to the finals, you try to consolidate, and that could be something that the fans don't like, and that could be a cutthroat trade. Miami Heat trading Bam and Abayo for Kevin Durant. So I think, in the grand scheme of things, it's very impossible to get a trade done without adding Bam and Abayo. But I think... The fans just don't want to see that happen. And so I think uh, that would be very cutthroat. And just at the end of the day, it's a situation nobody really wants to have to deal with. Um, but I think he would have to be used in a trade for Duran anyways, which I don't think it'll happen. So that's what they say for Miami. The Milwaukee Bucks using Brooke Lopez as a salary match. So I think Brooke Lopez has become a fan favorite in Brooklyn. And he was the starting center of a championship team. And I think... He is someone that most players love and most of the fans love. So trading him just to get someone who might be a little better is obviously not something they want to do because he's such a big part of their team. And so um, at the end of the day, I think, uh, yeah, they're going to want to keep him. So that would really be cutthroat for the fans if he ends up getting uh, moved, in my opinion. Minnesota Timberwolves, Jaden McDaniels pricing himself into a trade. So I think this one would be tough for the fans and would be kind of cutthroat just because they already traded so many young players to get in Rudy Gobert. Why trade McDaniels? He's probably going to be a big part of their team sticking around long term, and I just don't see them wanting to do that. That is very cutthroat in my opinion. Next is the Pelicans giving up Brandon Ingram in a Kevin Durant trade. So this is similar to Miami where I don't think you can get a deal done without adding in Brandon Ingram, unless they want to add in Zion, which doesn't seem like that's happening. So I think the fans would be tough. It would be a tough decision, which would be very cutthroat. It might be the right decision, but it's very cutthroat to me. And I think the fans would definitely not be too happy about that at all. New York Knicks giving up the farm for Donovan Mitchell. 
I think this one actually isn't cutthroat because I think they would be 100% happy doing that because he is a great player and he's from New York. So this one I don't really think fits just because I think fans would absolutely want to bring him in and they'd be willing to give up pretty much almost anything to do it. Um, I can see where they're coming from because I think they're looking at it from the perspective of you don't want to give up R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin quickly in every draft pick you have just to get in Donovan Mitchell. But at the end of the day, I think they'd be open to giving as much as they can to get him for sure. Next is the Oklahoma City Thunder, which they say cashing in future picks. I think this one also doesn't really, I don't think this one fits. I know they love their future first, but I think um, eventually they're going to have to. Um, this, I guess, could be cutthroat, getting rid of a bunch of future picks for like a win now piece. Like I think if you go to the 2023 draft and you trade like a bunch of future firsts for like a top seven, eight pick, like I don't see that as an issue, but trading for maybe a veteran might not be what they're looking for. So in that case, I can see how it would be cutthroat. But for a draft pick, I don't see too much of an issue there. Orlando Magic, what they say is choosing between Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. So I think um, this is a tough one because I think Orlando loves both players. And choosing between one might be a difficult decision. I think with Banchero, he's their power forward. They got Franz Wagner as a small forward. I don't know if they want to pick between Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs just yet. So that would be cutthroat because you'd basically be having to tell them to pick between two players that they both love. And so at the end of the day, I think that's um, very cutthroat. I do agree with that because um, I don't think they'd want to have to choose just yet. Philadelphia 76ers, futures of Tobias and Matthijs Steibel. So I don't know if... This one 100% is, um, I don't know if this one's 100% true. I don't know if this would be cutthroat, depending, it depends on the situation in the trade. Like, I think trading Tobias Harris for pieces that fit James Harden better and Joel Embiid better might actually not be a big deal to the fans. Like, if for somehow they can bring in, like, a Reggie Bullock, who's a shooter, or Eric Gordon, or, like, pieces to help their team, I don't see that as, like, an issue, because I think... They're paying Harris a lot, and I think Thibold is the young guy that might have to get moved in order to do so. Phoenix Suns are up next, and I think Phoenix, um, I think uh, what they put down is giving up everything possible for Kevin Durant, which I honestly don't think they would be upset with that. I think if you changed it to, say, trading Devin Booker for Kevin Durant, they'd be very cutthroat, and I don't think they would ever do that, but... Um, as it sits, giving up everything possible for Durant, I think, um, probably is possible, and I don't know if it would be cutthroat. I think the better answer here for Phoenix would be giving up, uh, Devin Booker in a Kevin Durant trade, which I don't think they'll do. Portland Trailblazers, Dame time eventually runs out, uh, Obviously, trading him away, I think it would be cutthroat because he's such a big part of this team. And I think most people assume he's just going to stick around in the long term and just stick around and be there for forever. So that would be cutthroat to get rid of him. Um, and honestly, I just don't see it taking place. Next is Sacramento. Panic trading Keegan Murray for veteran help. Yeah, I think this one is cutthroat for sure because... I don't know if a lot of people were 100% in on the Halliburton trade um, because he's looking pretty good. 
I think they have a lot of nice veterans. I think, you know, trading Murray might be something that is very cutthroat. I don't think they would uh, like that. San Antonio Spurs are up next, and I think for San Antonio, uh, they put impending fire sale, so basically just trading away a bunch of players. Um, I could see that being, um, I could definitely see that being cutthroat. I think the more cutthroat answer would be um, trading players to tank, because I don't think the um, Spurs are a tanking team ever, and to our knowledge, with Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker and David Robinson, they've never really had this tank motto until now and that would be very cutthroat to trade a bunch of players to, to tank and so at the end of the day I think uh, that would probably be the answer for me uh, the impending fire sale but tanking uh, Toronto Raptors including Scotty Barnes and a Kevin Durant trade that is very cutthroat because he is so young and I think they'd be open to Gary Trent Jr. they'd be open to OG um, and uh, yeah I think uh They'd be open to a lot of things, but not Barnes. That would be a cutthroat trade for sure. Next is the Utah Jazz, the looming Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks trade. Um, I think the answer to this one, to me, is not the looming Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks trade, but it should be trading Donovan Mitchell for a less-than-stellar package because I think if they're going to move on from him, they moved on from Gobert, I don't know if I'd say it's cutthroat, but what would be cutthroat is trading him away and then not getting a good enough package in return, right? So if you do trade him to the Knicks and the package is a bunch of draft picks and like a bunch of young players that, you know, it works out, right? If they get RJ Barrett in this deal, like great. But if you're just doing it to get rid of him and you get like seven draft picks and like a bunch of scrubs, like the Gobert trade got you a lot of draft picks, but there was no promising young piece in that deal. Unless you think um, Walker Kessler could turn out to be that piece. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense um, to trade Donovan Mitchell and get just draft picks and like not the greatest young players back. So I think for Utah, the question in this case, the cutthroat trade is not going to New York per se, but doing a trade where Donovan Mitchell goes and they don't get the fair value they deserve back in return. Next is the Washington Wizards, and I would say the inevitable Bradley Beal trade that he now controls because he's under contract. Um, I think it is going to be very cutthroat for them to get rid of him because he's been there so long, and I think you know they probably just want him to just stick around and be there forever, but that's obviously not a situation that will 100% take place if things don't go his way or the team's way, and so it would be cutthroat to trade him. But I also think, you know, this is similar to the Utah case where if they do have to trade him, if they get the right package, like I don't think it'll be as bad because he's been there so long. But I think if you trade him for something that's less than desirable, it's a totally different situation. So at the end of the day, I'd probably say that's where I'd go with it. And, uh, you know, if they trade him for a less than desirable package, then that would be very cutthroat to me um, just to get rid of him. Uh, and the fans definitely wouldn't like that in my uh, honest opinion. So that is the final uh, team on our list, and that is the final team we are going to look at.